Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. My name is Manpreet and welcome to the Weekly Through the Noise podcast. Now, seasonality is very much the flavor of the week. At a personal level, uh, the festive season starts to kick off for those of you who celebrate Diwali. Uh, But even in financial markets, seasonality is very much a key focus for investors as well. Now, just as an example, if you take the S&P 500 equity index, data going back all the way to 1928 shows us that the year end does tend to be a positive period, at least from a seasonality point of view. Now, average monthly returns in November uh, for the S&P 500 have averaged a positive 0.9%, while those for December have actually averaged a positive 1.3%, which makes it one of the best months of the year. Now, of course, seasonality is only one factor and it does not hold every year, uh, but it's natural for you know investors to question whether we indeed are set up for a year in equities rally after what has been a, a fairly difficult third quarter. So to discuss this and more, I'm um, privileged to have joining me on today's podcast, Raymond Cheng, uh, who's our Chief Investment Officer for North Asia. So welcome, Raymond. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, so let's start with you know, the big question on equities. Um, Last week, we saw some pretty decent returns, not only from US equities, but, you know, some coming through from the broader emerging market equity universe, including Asia. In your view, uh, does this broad-based equity rebound have legs? Thanks, Manpreet. Based on our analysis of uh, technical indicators, historical pattern, as well as fundamental earnings outlook, we came to the conclusion that the equity market rebound has room to extend into a year-end rally, provided three conditions hold. First, U.S. consumer inflation data in the coming week matches or comes in softer than expectations. Second, U.S. government bond yields consolidate around current levels. And third, the israel gaza conflict does not escalate and threaten Middle East oil supplies. The many technical indicators, such as positioning, diver- diversity, and volatility, support that the global equity market rally still has legs in the next couple months. Investor positioning is modestly bearish across major equity markets, while positioning for China is extremely bearish. As contrarian signals go, this is supportive of a further recovery in equity markets. The investor diversity remains broad, indicating it's not likely to stand in the way of a further rally. Expected volatility in U.S. equities has also subsided, suggesting investors are less concerned about the near-term outlook. Meanwhile, indicators for U.S. equity market momentum, strength, breath, and sentiment remain modestly bearish despite the latest market rebound. This is another contrarian signal that U.S. equities can still climb the wall of worry through the rest of the year. Now, from the historical trading perspective, November and December were among the two best months for U.S. equity market returns. Also, as we draw reference to the past episodes of late-cycle U.S. equity market rallies, including the periods of 1999-2000 and 2007-2008, we observe that U.S. equities continue to rally till just before the job market began to contract. If we base on the current U.S. job market momentum and extrapolate that out, Net non-farm payrolls are likely to start contracting at the end of the first quarter or early second quarter of next year. 
that this suggests that we have a window of at least a few months for the equity rally to continue. In addition, equities have fundamental support here. Apart from a solid ongoing third quarter U.S. earnings season, recent economic prints pointed to slowing U.S. job market and economic activities. The U.S. aggregate payrolls, which combined net new jobs, hourly earnings, and average hours worked, stagnated for the first time since 2021. If the slowdown in activity is backed by a continued cooling in consumer inflation, this should allow the Fed to hold rates. The Fed's surprisingly less hawkish policy stance last week in the face of weaker economic data and the U.S. government's more modest borrowing plan for this fourth quarter were the triggers for the latest V-shaped rally in markets. Therefore, for investors with a one- to three-month investment horizon, we see room for the U.S. equity rally to extend, led by the interest rate-sensitive technology and communication sectors. If core CPI moderates, bond yields consolidate and the Israel-Gaza conflict does not escalate. For the S&P 500 index, a sustained move above the 100-day moving average technical resistance around 4,402 would break the pattern of lower lows and lower highs since July. The recent pullback in U.S. bond yields and the U.S. dollar are supportive of emerging market equities. There is an opportunity for Asia-Japan equities to rally further, given extremely light investor positioning. Nevertheless, investors should still need to stay limbo as we navigate this late cycle rally. Thanks, Raymond, uh, for a lot of detail there. Now, one thing that jumped out is you mentioned a solid uh, earnings season. So could you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you're seeing there for major markets and what it might mean for investor portfolios? Sure. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., um, over 80% of the S&P 500 companies already reported Q3 earnings. The latest consensus expectations are for Q3 to deliver 5.7% year-on-year earnings growth, up from their prior forecast of 1.6% before the earnings season kicked off. Now, the strength has been bought, with 9 out of 11 sectors showing positive earnings surprises. Forward guidance remains cautious, as full-year 2023 earnings growth is stable at 2.4%, while 2024 earnings growth has lodged down to around 11.6%, from 12% expected um, in early October. Europe hasn't fared as well, compared with the US. Around 63% of the European companies in the Stoke 600 index have reported Q3 earnings growth remained negative at minus 10.3% year-on-year, albeit slightly better than prior expectations of negative 11.6%. Surprises have been evenly distributed across sectors, with half of the companies reporting positive surprises and the other half reporting misses. Consensus is for Europe to see negative earnings growth for the next few quarters before turning positive, in Q2 of next year. As for China, over 90% of the MSCI China companies already reported Q3 results. Uh, Do note, many large internet companies will start to report earnings in the coming weeks. The consensus has been largely stable for MSCI China earnings growth, uh, with 2024 earnings growth forecast set at 15%. 
the reflective of these trends, uh, we remain overweight on U.S. equities as lower bond yields and strong earnings growth are the tailwinds. Now, we are also overweight on Japan equities while advocating core and diversified positioning across the key markets within Asia's Japan. Now, on the other hand, we are underweight euro area and UK equities as a slowdown in economic growth will likely drag on earnings. Okay, um, maybe just uh, zeroing on Chinese equities for a moment. I mean, discussions of seasonality tend to be quite U.S. equity specific. But in your view, um, is there a case for Chinese equities to perform uh, right through from here to, to year end as well? Yeah, um, we talked about investor positioning earlier. Um, um, if we uh, base on the positioning data, um, we continue to see quite a bit of investor skepticism around China's recovery. It appears that uh, global equity investors prefer expressing an emerging market rebound via China proxies, such as Korea, rather than investing direct in Chinese equities at this point. Specifically, there was a 10% net increase in Hansen Index futures short positioning over the past month compared with its open interest. That's the highest level among the key emerging markets. Now, we believe the Hansen Index has built a base around the 17,000 points. China macro data remains under pressure, with the latest uh, data point being the weaker-than-expected CPI print of negative 0.2% for the month of October. The government has been supporting the economy broadly, having recently expanded fiscal deficit by 1 trillion yuan. Apart from more consistent fiscal and monetary policy support needed to revive confidence, investors also await more signs of the economy stabilizing. Hence, monthly economic numbers, including retail sales, fixed asset investments, and industrial production to be released in the forthcoming week will be key. The immediate resistance level of the Hansen Index lies at 18,038 points, followed by 18,899. All right. Um, thanks, Raymond. I think we've had a, a good discussion across a range of equity markets, but I think we have time to squeeze in one question on bonds. Um, U.S. bond deals, of course, um, have uh, you know plunged over the past few weeks, uh, which has led, of course, to a rise in bond prices. Do you see room for that rise in bond prices to extend as well? Yeah, um, the bonds um, face different dynamics here. Now, the 10-year U.S. government bond yield has uh, rapidly slumped over the last two weeks from 5% to around 4.6% now. now. It's approaching our three-month target range of 425 to 4.5% set back in October. Now, in the near term, bonds have relatively less room to rise further. Fed Chair Powell's latest remarks that the Fed will tread carefully and won't hesitate to tighten further will likely slow or even reverse the downtrend in yield. That said, looking ahead to the next 6 to 12 months, U.S. growth is expected to slow sharply in the coming quarters, hence our view that the yield could fall at least another 100 basis points. So for investors with a slightly longer investment horizon of 6 to 12 months' time, we would advise them to remain broadly diversified and continue to look for opportunities to add to U.S. and European government bonds on any short-term yield spikes. 
that the U.S. dollar is likely to cons- consolidate around at the current level. Now, we are also constructive um, on emerging market local currency bonds as a result. Okay. Well, thanks, Raymond. I think that's all we have time for today. So we'll bring it to an end there. Uh, Thank you, Raymond, of course, for taking the time to join us today. And if I can maybe, as usual, maybe sum up the key takeaways. I think the first point is that when it comes to U.S. equities, there seem to be reasonable grounds to expect a uh, a year-end rally. Seasonality, of course, being one factor, but also technicals, um, and of course, technology and communication sectors being, um, you know, some options to, to implement that. Second, on Chinese equities, um, a similarly positive case going to year-end, but that's based more on unusually bearish uh, positioning uh, and sentiment at the moment. And third, of course, you know, the fall in bond deals, perhaps a little bit harder for that to extend. But of course, we, from a longer term perspective, we'll still look to add exposure to high quality bonds on any rebound in yields. So we'll end it there. Uh, Thank you, listeners, for taking the time to to join us today. Um, And uh, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details, visit Market Views on the Go on our website or click the link in the description.